occasions where I walk in a room and I feel self-conscious because somebody might look at me who, who, who probably doesn't mean anything by it but looks at me in my mind in a strange way and my wife says, you're dreaming, nobody really looks at you funny like that, nobody can tell, but some people do. Yeah, I think once you catch one person look at you, then in my head it's you kind of feel like everyone is going to start looking at you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, self-consciousness is an extremely big thing. Welcome everyone, my name's Naomi. You're listening to Talk Hair Loss with Alopecia UK, where we share our conversations around all things hair loss. We'll be talking directly to those in the alopecia community to hear firsthand the ups and downs of living with hair loss. In our first few episodes, we're going to be listening to some experiences captured during Alopecia Awareness Month in September of 2020. The topics discussed are also available to watch in video format on our YouTube channel. Today's episode is about the experiences of men with alopecia. We hear from Damien, Matt, Rob and Adam as they discuss their alopecia experiences, talk about self-confidence, the expectation of a man's appearance and what support they found. Being a man with alopecia, um, it's a perspective we don't get to share very often. It's a perspective we don't hear about very often. So we've got a, a small panel of people here who will introduce themselves in a minute. Um, my name's Damien, so I've had alopecia um, a long time, since I was six years old. So um, it started with patches and alopecia areata, as it's described, and then now I've got alopecia universalis. So, um, and I've been like this now for, I think, about 25 years. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a long time. So I've got quite a broad experience of, of growing up with alopecia and being a, being a, a man and a parent with alopecia. Um, so that's, that's my history. Um, just to ask the guys to introduce themselves, Matt, do you want to give a brief introduction? Yeah, my name's Matt. Um, I've had alopecia quite a long time as well, uh, since I was two. Um, I believe it triggered, the trigger of it was when I fell off the park bench, I think on holiday. And it just gradually fell out from there. And then gradually throughout my life, um, again, alopecia areata throughout, but then it got worse in transition. So from like primary school to high school, loads fell out. Then high school to college, loads fell out. And then I think the the, uh, the final one was going to university and then facial hair and eyebrows went then. So similar to Damien in regards that it was Ariata, but it's, it's progressively got more kind of to universalis now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I've been, I think I lost my hair when I was like fully at uni probably when I was like 19, 20. So for about just over 10 years now, it's been more kind of universalis. So yeah. So I've still had it on longer than you. You're making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Rob, what about you? Okay. Um, I um, had, well, I still have alopecia areata. At the moment, I've just got like a small sliver on the back of my head right now. But I developed, um, first of all, I lost my beard about um, 2006, seven. I didn't really think much of it at that time, about a year. And then it started, I started to get alopecia areata. So the side of my head back of my head, top of my head, and it kind of shifted, you know, um, got better, got a bit worse, um, totally recovered by about 2011, something like that, and then it returned again, uh, and that lasted a couple of years, and it came back again, 
And right now, it's uh, it's just like a, like I said, a small patch on the back of my head. Um, I still see it on my forearm sometimes, my lower legs sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's the extent of mine. This is a, uh, it's never developed more than a, than an areata face. And I think I've known you for about it's got to be about four or five years. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely I remember a few times when we've met that you've had a patch in a different place and it comes and goes. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's been going on quite a while as well, hasn't it? So, but not the same kind of um, progression that, that perhaps Matt and I have seen. That's right. I didn't have the progression, and the beard. The, once the beard came back, and that never went again. And that was like two thousand six, seven, eight kind of thing. And I've had a full beard since then. Um, but yeah, it comes and goes. Never happened in my life. Yeah, so I shaved today. Do you know you probably don't do it at your age now? But like, do you ever worry about it getting progressively worse again and all going in again, or does that not? Not body exposed anymore. Or... Um, I'm fine with it now. It's like um, I, I mean, when I first got it, I hid. I hid for a good year, year and a half. It coincided with a very stressful situation at work as well, and so I quit my job at that time. And I kind of just I lurked on message boards, and um, the way I found to work myself through it was actually I started drawing and illustrating my experiences, my journey, and that kind of helped to a certain extent. And then eventually, over a period of time, I started meeting some of the guys who ran Alopecia UK. But that took me a good year and a half, two years before I actually approached anyone or, you know, um, told anyone about it, really, that I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I feel, I don't think about it now. I walk, walk down the streets. Um, I think, I think um, partly it was other things as well. It wasn't just the alopecia. I was already stressed about other stuff like work and stuff like that. Um, so now I don't really tend to think about it. Of course, I'd love that little patch here to grow back, um, but it doesn't seem to, and it stabilises as well. It's, it's not like it comes back and then something here goes, for example. So maybe the stability of it helps as well. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, um, so we've all, all, all got different situations. Thanks. Adam, what about you? Hello, I'm Adam, and I apologise in advance for anyone that's finding it hard to understand. My accent. Not at all. You know, um, I first kind of got alopecia when I was, I think I was 16 years old. Um, it was during, just after GCSE time. So I was pretty stressed. And I had, I remember like one tiny, tiny patch on the side of my head. After about six months, that cleared up and things just went back to normal. Then I'd say when I was 18, I fell out with like my whole group of friends. Um, all at once and it, it was incredibly stressful and within three months everything was gone it started with my eyebrow and then I was fixated on it and you know I was googling this and googling that diagnosing myself with all different kinds of stuff and then yeah it just everything just kind of went within the space of six weeks I think between just small patches and nothing mm. Well, Every have single you, day. Have you seen periods of regrowth since then? Or um, the past kind of month or so, I've been getting like wee baby hairs here and there, but nothing, nothing major. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it's um, it's strange, isn't it? That sometimes I can't yeah. remember. It was probably a couple of years ago. I started taking a new vitamin, and just because for for different reasons, nothing to do with alopecia. Yeah. Um, and it's actually a, an immune system thing. It's it's about boosting your immune system when you come into contact with lots of people. And interestingly, at this point in time, 
people who've got a cold or whatever. Um, yeah. Because I did a lot of traveling. And, um, and, and literally within about three weeks, I had a full head of this baby, wispy, white, very, very soft hair yeah. and, a, and, a, and a fluffy beard. I just could not stop sitting. I was sitting all the day. My wife was laughing at me because I was just constantly playing with my beard. Yeah. If you carry on rubbing it, it's going to fall out. And then about three weeks later, it had all gone again and it never happened again. Um, it, it was a really strange experience. I, actually, to be honest, I, I, I don't think I liked it. It was a bit warm. I didn't like it. Um, yeah, you kind of get used to just the breeze. Yeah. You're kind of more aerodynamic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I've definitely got used to it. Uh, Matt, have you ever had that? Where it just... I have, actually. When I... In specific, can when I train at certain times or when I change my diet around my kind of exercise and things, I had a similar thing where I almost had like a full head of little baby hairs. Um, and I was like, oh, something's changed, something's different. And I got some on my arms as well. But then, same again, it just kind of went. Then one day it just kind of went. But to be honest with you, if it's like that, I'd rather just be bald. So I just, I just shave in the shower. Yeah, just get a big razor and just get rid of them. Just, I don't like the way it feels in the wind, and you can feel your hair going. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the thing. I had started to notice when I was, you know, going to sleep and stuff at night. There was a couple of little hairs here, and I could, I hadn't felt it in years, but this sensation of them like pushing against my skin—it was surreal. Yeah, it was so it's weird. Good what you get used to. I remember watching Billy Connolly once on a, on, a, on a show and he was talking about this one hair that he woke up one morning and it was like a foot long and it was sticking out of him and it was just literally, it was just one hair. I have quite had one that long, but I, I do occasionally get one there and it's black. And, and if I forget that it's there and then I see somebody I haven't seen for ages and they go, you got a hair? Like, Are we really talking about that? It's a, it's a very strange thing to happen. The whole room sort of goes. Um, yeah, it's very strange. Well, that, thanks, Adam. Thanks for the intro. Um, so I've sort of put together some some questions and some topics we want to go through. Free for all, really. Let's just let's just see where it leads and feel free to kind of um, ask each other lots and lots of questions. But I'll start with kind of a broad topic. What would you say have been the biggest challenges of being a man with alopecia? So how did it feel? Losing your hair, how did it impact on you, on, on your life, really? Um, any starters? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll start on this one. Um, I, I thought it was devastating because I had no idea or comprehension what it was. And uh, I mean, I said it was 2006 or seven, and I didn't take it really seriously at the beginning because it was a bit, it's just not quite good not to shave so often, you know? Mm. Um, but then when it started uh, with the patches on my on my head, the back of my head, side of my head, then uh, it really affected me. I mean, like I said, I kind of hibernated for the best part of a year or more. Um, didn't want to go out, very, felt very self-conscious, um, especially the back of my head. And I, f I remember like thinking like going up the tube on the escalators on the tube and then the wind would rush down and you'd feel your hair just rise up here and revealing a big patch and you think, uh, what's the person behind me thinking right now and all that kind of thing so I was very self-conscious about it and it coincided with me stopping work for a while I was already stressed out from a um, work because this is a design work situation and uh, I quit that client and so that gave me an excuse to be at home quite a lot so in a way um, although I started looking at message boards and finding out more about it um, I you know because I wasn't going out I kind of hid even more than I would have normally I guess you know, so it took me a long while to turn that around, really. Um, 
so um, I found various things. I mean, first of all, I, I knew I was, I was pretty unfit at the time. I was heavier than I am now and less fit than I am now. So I did change my nutrition. I changed my diet. I did all those kind of things, got into exercise a little bit more, or a lot more actually. Um, and eventually, bit by bit, you know, a little bit of confidence came back. Um, I did go and see a specialist as well. But I went to the doctor and see a specialist. I took all the medicines, like the Preds, the prednisolone, did that, had the injections in my head as well, because I just really wouldn't accept the situation I was in. So I wanted to get a full head of hair. And that did bring it all back, actually, um, for a couple of years. And then it started disappearing again. So it's been a bit of up and down, but now it's kind of leveled out a lot. And, you know, it's much more stable than it was. So, um, but also coupled with that, in the, where I'm in my life as well, it's a much more confident place than I was at that time. So it's like, how much was the alopecia compounding my existing issues? Or how much was it just uh, the issues in itself? You know, it's, it's hard to know in hindsight, you know, how much each situation had to play. It's an interesting point that. Um, and you used the phrase self-conscious. So I, I kind of I thought about the same thing. And for me, it was all about confidence and, and feeling self-conscious. So I'd, I'd Ariata up to being probably about 13, 14. So I, I covered it actually quite well because at the time, and no jokes, please, it was fashionable to have long hair at the top and shave it underneath if you were into the music I was into and stuff. Yeah, so I got it for years. Hmm? Sorry? This in the 90s, though. Yeah, yeah early, early 90s, yeah. Grunge, yeah. <laughs> and, and so you shaved your hair underneath. And so I got away with it for ages because if it was on top, this kind of mop yeah. of curly hair I had, idiot. But if it was at the sides, I just kept shaving it really short underneath. And then eventually it, just, it was just too much. And the, but the, I think the point where it was too much and it became visible, my confidence went absolutely rock bottom. And, mm. and being 13... With, with, with your hair falling out. I was quite small, unfortunately, as well. So things like in the changing rooms in the gym, you know, and, and things that after PE and stuff like that. And then when people noticed it, there was an awful lot of bullying went on. So feeling self-conscious for me actually turned into anxiety. And I think mm. I ended up in a, in a situation as a teenager where, as you say, actually, the issues, the normal issues of being a teenager I think for me were compounded by the fact that, that I was an easy target basically. Yeah. Um, and it, um, yeah. And it, it, it still, I still feel like that sometimes there are occasions where I walk in a room and I feel self-conscious because somebody might look at me who, who, who probably doesn't mean anything by it, but looks at me in my mind in a strange way. And my wife says, no, you're dreaming. Nobody really looks at you funny like that. Nobody can tell, but some people do. Yeah. Uh, I think once you catch one person, look at you, then in my head, it's you kind of feel like everyone is going yeah. to start looking at you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah self consciousness is extremely big thing, mm. especially for me. Like I was quite don't want to say like maybe a bit overconfident when I was younger. Like, but once this head it just went down, didn't come back up. Mm. Yeah. Do you still feel like that? Yeah. On on a day to day, normally no, but. You know, there's just there are certain days where it's almost like it's the only thing on my mind, kind of. Especially like when you're in big crowded places, and when I don't have the hat on, you know, there's no hiding it. So it's you just feel like the centre of attention, even though you're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's happened to me once or twice when I've been on holiday. So if I'm in a completely different country, 
um, and, and obviously different countries, different cultures, different kind of ways of behaving. But I've had, there was one particular place I'd gone on holiday it was, and it was awful. It was, just, it was just awful. There was a the crowd of kids who'd never, ever seen anybody who looks like me. Um, and they, they just could not stop laughing. Um, and, I, and I tried to kind of laugh with them because I thought, well, you know, they don't mean anything by it. They're just like, wow, look at this fellow. I've never seen anybody like him. But it was absolutely horrendous. And it was just, I felt really kind of, it's the most uncomfortable I've ever been. And it was a group of six kids who made me feel like that. The 40-year-old man, it was like, yeah. get me out of here. And I think um, it's strange, isn't it, that the, the, those things, those feelings, wherever they've come from, whether it's, you know, whether it's when, you, when you're slightly older and you've had the situation happen that you had, Robert, work, and you're feeling, or you're on the tube, or you're a child or a teenager, or um, those feelings immediately still, on, on occasion, come back. Um, it's a weird thing, a weird thing. I think that's important, like, it's, for me especially, and I think similar to what you just said, like, it's the, we, can't, we can't control it. It's like, it's a real feeling of, like, helplessness, I think. Mm. Like, whatever's happened to us or is, is completely out of your control. And that's what I struggle with a lot of the time. But it's just, it's like I say, it's out of your control. It's like people are laughing at you, and it's like you can't change anything. There's nothing you can really do to actively change the way you look anymore. Yeah. And that was that was a struggle for me as well. And obviously self-esteem and confidence issues came mm. as a result of that. Um, one of the main challenges for me was when I I was I had like a full I had a bald head, but I had a full facial hair and eyebrows at the end of college. And like girls that my, my face fell out in, in like a month period. And girls I dated like say before Christmas, didn't recognise even who I was after Christmas. Wow. When I went when I went out into like Preston, for example, or like my local city. So like, I found my eyes avoided like the city of Preston for like a few years because just to avoid the prospect of seeing anyone that I used to know mm. before like my fate, my appearance changed a bit. And it's just it's just coming to terms with um I suppose a difference in a different way you look now, really. And that was that was a major challenge for me. I don't know if everyone else felt a similar similar way, but hundred percent, yeah. And sometimes it's still I would kind of catch myself looking at myself in the mirror and thinking, you know, that's that's not what I look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's hard to get used to. I don't still don't think I've got used to it all these years later, but it is what it is. Mm. Unfortunately. Yeah. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting question. Actually, you've still not got used to it, and it, it's you know it's an absolutely valid feeling, isn't it? You know, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I, I've never really thought about that personally because yeah. I can't ever remember being any other way. To be honest, <laughs> um, my daughter has never seen me with hair, um, and uh, my wife actually talking about dating. I mean, you were obviously more successful than me, Matt. You talked about girls you dated. <laughs> 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 right. Um, I, um, my wife, my wife actually joked that she'd leave me if I had hair. Um, she, uh, that's one of her favourite things about me is that I'm an alopecia. So, um, yeah, I, um, it's a, it's a strange thing. But I, I think, yeah, I, I can't remember myself any other way, Adam. To be honest, it's. Um, I mean, I'm obviously I'm probably a lot older than you, so it's different. But I think, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could be any other way. And Matt, you said earlier on you quite like being. Either being bald or not being bald, but it's one or the other. It is one or the other. Yeah. Colleague, when I had facial hair and eyebrows, they were quite defined features for me. So when that kind of left, 
that was like, I was happy being, I won't be involved, I was happy being bold. Um, but as long, if I kept that a bit, I'd have been a lot happier. Um, but once it all fell out then, like, I'm, I'm happy the way I look now. I'd rather just be, yeah, like you said, all bold or all hairy, like one or the other. Don't tease me with this kind yeah. of bold rounds. Yeah. yeah. It's the transition, isn't it? That's the worst thing when you don't yeah, know what's happening one month to the next. That is. Speaking about yeah. kids as well, before, Damien, you said that, like the most uncomfortable part was that them kids on holiday. That same period, what I spoke about when I lost my facial hair all at once, I'd actually was doing a teaching degree at the time. And I was teaching lessons before Christmas in front of all these students and stuff. Went home for like a Christmas break. And then my hair fell out and I had to get back in front of the classroom again to teach the same kids that I'd taught before Christmas. And like self-esteem and confidence is like an all-time low. And I just found it so difficult. That was like a, a serious challenge for me as well. I, just, I didn't know how to respond. If like kids are kids are just didn't, sometimes they perceived as mean, but they're just curious at times. Yeah, insensitive. Yeah, because they don't know any better. Yeah, so, and I, I didn't have it in my locker. So if a kid questioned me and said, "Sir, why have you no hair left?" I, I don't think I had that in me to kind of respond. I think I don't think I was armed for it then. I'm just I'm yeah. literally just in a really really poor place. Yeah, that was well, these, these, uh, these kids spoke Arabic, so I had no choice but to just kind of stand there and, and take it. Like, <laughs> what we're going to do? You know, I think, I think um, and, and yeah, I mean, we went in the end, my wife shooed them away and, and, and we left, but it was um, it was a unique experience. I went to India as well, and, and I'm not joking, somewhere around India, there are at least 25 photos of me with more than 50, more than 50 students who, who basically insisted that I stand in the middle of their school day out photo um, I mean they, they all thought it was fantastic they really enjoyed it but for me it was you know in terms of being self-conscious and feeling uncomfortable I've never felt I've never felt like like such a oddball you know it was just one of the strangest things um, but it's I think it's that you, we all mentioned self-esteem and self-confidence and um, do you think that's changing with I mean, I think the answer is not naturally obvious, but how do you think that changes with age and um, and kind of different stages of your life? Oh, well, that's a big question. That's, that's a tough question. Yeah. It's an important think, video. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Um, I'd say, I mean, it's, it takes a lot of work. There's no denying that. It takes a lot of work to build your own confidence up and where you reach for that confidence and where you find out about yourself. And I think you do find out a lot more about yourself through experiences like this. Um, I think with age, yes, things, uh, things improve with age, from, you know, being able to deal with that a little better. Um, but then you do realise I've still got loads of issues about loads of other things in my life, not alopecia related, you know. And you think, okay, I've sorted that out and there's other things to sort out in my life. You know, there's all kinds of things. Um, but uh, it's, it's a lot of hard work to turn around. It's a slow ship. You know, you can't turn it around in a few weeks. It takes a while. We did with me, at least, you know. And I've, I found a therapeutic way to do it through, through um, drawing and painting and stuff like that. And luckily for me, that was good. And then the, some, the thing that I resisted the most was, was actually meeting other people, going to meetings down in London. Um, and I resisted that probably because that's a, it's a typical uh, bloke reaction that blokes tend to isolate themselves and, and wallow. And, I, you know, I looked at forums and that was about it. But as far as going out and uh, talking to others or meeting others, that took a long time for me to actually do, really. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I focused on stuff where like, obviously it takes time. It took me a while to kind of accept myself and the new way I looked. But I tried to focus on stuff I could control that kind of I was good at that gave me confidence. And I did that kind of through sport and exercise. Mm. And I kind of just threw myself into that and just kind of, but then again, like trying to focus on stuff that I can control. I thought, well, I can't control the way I look here, but I can, I'm fully in control of my neck down. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I hit the gym. Girls like a Muslim man. So I thought I'll just kind of like change my appearance yeah. a little bit. But you know, to focus on stuff that I can control that yeah. will kind of help my confidence a little bit. So that's, that's kind of the way. I know it's a bit of a teenage like a young, te- insecure teenager way to, to deal with it, but I didn't know any other way I could do it, really. I remember your guns from last year, actually, I do remember. It's kind of stuck with me now. I do remember, after I'd met you, subconsciously thinking the day after, I think I should go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember why. <laughs> it's all built out of insecurity. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I suppose I, when I think about it, I, and I... I I felt like I grew up faster. You said, you mentioned this, Rob, you said, you know, you, you sort of learn about yourself quite quickly, I think. Mm. I, I probably grew up a little bit quicker when that happened as a teenager because no choice, really. Everybody around me wasn't growing up particularly fast and, and I was the brunt of their joke. So um, I just had to kind of grow up and try and look past that and be over them and just kind of not let that immaturity that they had bother me. But as a result mm. of that, it, it, I think it made me... Um, in a different way, more kind of competitive in other ways. Uh, things like sport. I'm not. I'm not good at team sport because, well, I mean, I'm not. I, I I'm quite good at it, but I get a bit too competitive. Right. I can't. I can't let go. Um, and and so I, I just end up being the guy that everybody's frustrated with because he's running at me too hard. He's <laughs> throwing the ball too hard. He's you know. And it makes me competitive. But it's also made me quite ambitious and. That's changed over many years. I think it was all about work, work, work at one point. And the last few years, it's all been about different experiences. And um, I do think to some extent that's come from having alopecia. And like you said, Rob, going through that stage or phase of my life or phases of my life of rebuilding the confidence. Mm. Um, and as a teenager, I had absolutely none whatsoever. And slowly as I met people who who were good people to have around me, you know, teammates in a, in a team sport or, or friends who were actually real friends instead of the idiots that I thought were my friends. Um, it's helped me to build a, a degree of confidence where actually, um, it's a little bit selfish actually, it's all about me, it's all about what I want to do and where I want to go. So, mm-hmm. um, that's but that has taken a very, very, very long time and I'm now probably at an age where I'm allowed to just get slowly grumpier now and think about myself even more, so... That's all right. But... Old people rights. Yeah, exactly. Old guy rule. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, in terms of self-esteem getting a little bit more deep and controversial, um, would you say that having alopecia has had a, an effect um, in terms of your mental health? Um, and, and by all means, choose not to answer this question, but have you has it ever driven you to the point where you've sought treatment or advice and guidance about that from a mental health <clears throat> point of view? Well, I was actually in talking therapy from January, around about start of January this year, just until this whole COVID stuff started. Um, and that was after, you know, years and years of 
just stress and stress piling up on top of me until it just got to the point where I knew I had to do something about it. So I obviously got in contact with my GP. I initially contacted them last summer and straight away at tablets. You know, that was their the only real thing they had to offer at that point. And I had to persist for a while to actually get referred for a talking therapy. Now I can't I can't really give an honest review of it because obviously, you know, I didn't I wasn't there that long until the whole world shut down. Um but I do think once it starts up again, that will be something that can help because, yeah, it's 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 an outlet. Do you know what I mean? Mm. This you know this person, although they don't understand what you're going through, it's, it was just nice to kind of radiate onto them. Sometimes though, sometimes that's sometimes that's the best thing about it. Um, I I was really lucky a few years ago. I did a, a mental health first aid course at work, so it's like a, it's a role that we have for a lot of people in the company. And um, I, it, as part of that, um, I found out loads and loads and loads about the services and the things that are out there. Mm-hmm. And I've I've had talking therapy in, in in that way in my past as well, about partly about alopecia and other things in my life. Um, and I think for me, the objectivity of it actually was the best bit about it because that person. Mm-hmm didn't try and fix it, didn't try and give me advice. They tried to help me work out what I could do about it. And I think yeah. one of the things that came out of it, actually, Matt, you mentioned it, was to do things that that, that make me happy and that put me in control. So mm. um, I know it sounds daft. I like growing vegetables. I, I just I really enjoy it. There's something about going and snipping a bit of whatever it is and putting it on the plate and eating it. And it makes me, it just makes me happy. So I've kind of done it ever since. Um, I like cooking. Um, that, you know things like that that I think that you can get to the end of and say, oh, "That's really good. I'm really glad I did that." Um, so, no, it's, it's interesting. Thanks for sharing it, Adam. And I think you, um, yeah, I think it's it's something that we do avoid. People in general avoid it. I think there's a stigma that men avoid um, things like that more than women. Yeah. Um, but actually, from my experience, it, it's it's a massive, massive help. And the objectivity actually is is a really really important part of it mm. there's loads of different organizations out there you know that are specifically trying to trying to help men um with mental health issues and hopefully that makes it a bit easier for people to talk about it as well because it's it's a really important topic and for, for me personally alopecia you know no question the teenager yeah anxiety about being bullied depression about being bullied i mean i, I you talked about dating girls as a teenager i got bullied by girls as a teenager so um, you know, I wouldn't even dare ask any of them out. Um, not in a million years. Um, it was, it was, it was horrific actually thinking back to it. Um, but yeah, it definitely affected my mental health. Um, I don't consciously think it does anymore. Maybe it does, and I don't realise. Yeah. I can't imagine what all of you guys have gone through actually, because I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't lose any of my hair until uh, I was just just turned 40. Um, so, I, I mean, whatever I've been through, I, don't, I can't imagine what it would have been if I'd gone through that, you know, my early 20s or late teens or something like that, like you guys did. It's yes. been so much, so much more difficult. It was, well, I think, maybe, but I, I think it's all relative. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I was going to say that. The, it's uh, just, yeah, it's great. It's, it's such a personal journey, isn't it? And everyone does it. It's, it's, it's hard to kind of relate. Even I, I, I'm struggling to relate to your, even though like the similarities and stuff, like, I can't believe what some of you two have gone through as well. And I, I, I 
it's just so personal to just mm. get through it in your own specific way as well. So, yeah. It's all relative and I think, you know, we, we've all met people, um, other people with alopecia and I think particularly, I mean, obviously Adam's the first time we've met, but I, uh, Matt and Rob and I have been to Alton Towers and different meetings. I've done some of the kids groups and stuff like that as well. And um, I, I still, I still find, I have to say, when I'm in a room full of people with alopecia and I'm hearing other people's stories, um, I, exactly like you said, Matt, I don't really see what, what I went through as being particularly difficult. Um, when I'm, when I'm, especially with kids, I mean, but that, that's that's the reason I got involved with the charity in the first place was because um, I sat in Costa Coffee in Halifax, and um, this this kid walked past me. He was about ten, and he just could not take his eyes off me at all. He just, he just, he was like, I've never seen anybody that looked like me, and he had no hair at all. Um, and um, and I, I didn't talk to him actually because it felt a bit kind of odd to go over. I just smiled and waved at him, and he smiled and waved back. And I thought to myself, actually, the from a, a, a men with alopecia point of view, um, if I had me to talk to when I was him, actually, mm. or, or even just me to see and see actually, yeah, you can get through it and live a normal life and be married and have a job and go on holiday and, you know, do the things that you're frightened to do it. Um, that's the reason I got involved with the charity. Um, but I, I think it, it brings out an interesting question, actually, to move on to another question, which is, do you think there are, um, things that are specifically difficult for, for men with alopecia? And if so, what do you think they are? I think um, men are very easily dismissed. As you know, men don't care about how they look. You know, they don't, it's not a big deal if they lose their hair. Like, but it, it is. You know what I mean? It's just we tend to internalise it more, I think, than... Not to be, you know, stereotypical, but women are obviously, you know, on billboards with long flowing hair and stuff. So men's, I'm finding it hard to like get the words. If you know what I mean? Well, there's, there's actually, I think that what, what you, I think what you're referring to is the societal kind yeah. of norms that you've got. So as you say, you know, the, yeah. the, you talk about it often with young women and the perception of what of a body image and things like that. And I think. It, that's that's kind of the question is from a man from a male point of view do you think that this perception that it's not a big deal for a man to lose his hair is is you know how do you feel about that i think it's just as difficult for men losing i know there's a, a social norm of oh, it's men go bald sometimes but it's there's it because of that there's less places to hide and I feel like the support that women with alopecia have, like the wigs are incredible, the makeup, the microbladed eyebrows and things like that. I, I think there's a lot more stigma around a man wearing a wig than there is around a woman wearing a wig. And I think you'll get, I think if you walk into a room with a wig on as a man, I think you turn more heads potentially yeah. if you just walk in bald. So I, I think as a man, there's probably almost arguably a less kind of of a support there i think um i'm gonna agree with me or not no that's that's no, a really interesting point no i'm just yeah wigs is a big thing i was offered them obviously um by a dermatologist when this all really got bad but a couple hundred pounds for a wig so mm. and the rest i mean i did um yeah. It's an interesting point you make, Matt, and I think yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with you. I think um, 
I'd really thought about it like that. I, I, again, I think it's relative. I think it's very difficult for, for anybody to go through. But I, I did a, an event, actually. LPC UK did an event in Leeds um, a couple of years back, and um, it was all about um, it was all about products and um, and what what's out there. You know, buffs, hats, um, henna crowns. You know, and and so there were some wig tutorials and stuff like that about how to how to maintain your wig. And I mean, I was fascinated. I've never, never worn a wig. I was absolutely fascinated. I was absolutely gobsmacked, to your point, Adam, by the price. I mean, some of these things are thousands and thousands of pounds, and they're amazing, absolutely amazing. They, they do look incredible, some of these. They look unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, they do, but they, it's very difficult. Going to some of the support groups where there's quite a lot of women, Leeds group particularly, there's quite a lot of women in the group. Um, I'm occasionally the only bloke in Leeds. Um, it's, um, it, it's, it's a real challenge because not everybody can afford it, um, and they're not easy to look after either. And if you if you get it wrong and you ruin one, then you know it's a big loss. But Matt, your point's a good one. It's well made. I think the the yeah, I got offered them Adam on the NHS when I was a kid, and I, I never I never took it up because I think you, especially if you're if you're old enough to remember comedy from the eighties and the nineties. You know, there were so many jokes and sketches done about men wearing wigs and blowing off and. You know all the you know, the different nicknames that we've got for wigs and uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting point. I think if a man and a woman walks into a room and they're both wearing a wig, somebody's more likely to to make a joke at the expense of the man than they are of the woman. Now, mm. or, or maybe openly, maybe they take the mickey out of everybody in in private. But yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. That there is a stigma attached to it for sure. Yeah, I'm not saying it's worse for men. I know it's it's just as horrendous for girls as well sometimes. But I just feel yeah. Then it, it's some, it's more of a mentality you just have to get on with it sometimes. Yeah, but grin and bear it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not working. Yeah, it's difficult sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange one. Mm. I'm trying to um, I'm trying to think about the um, about the, the the kind of other impact on it from a, a life point of view. Um, we've we've joked a few times about dating. It's a, it's a subject that immediately makes me fold my arms and, and kind of turn away, to be honest. I'm very lucky that I met my wife um, and that she hasn't left me yet, to be honest. So quite, I've never really had to do a lot of dating. Um, I, um, I I don't... Um, I, I mean, I, I, how does everybody else... How has everybody else felt about dating? Because um, I, I personally, it just makes me makes me terrified. The idea of, of somebody finding out that I've got alopecia... When I first arrive on a date, you know, how do you approach things like that? Do you, you know, do you tell them in advance? And then, you know, it's all a bit awkward, I think. Yeah, I've never had to experience that because I've been with my partner before, during, and after. So I can't contribute much to that element. So, but yeah, I could imagine it's very tough, very tough. Well, yeah, the only thing I can uh, contribute to this is it usually doesn't make it past the swipe on the screen on the chat because I just don't have the I think I think it is it's it's confidence that would hold me back from actually getting out there do you know what I mean like I'd love to like 100% but yeah it's just lack of confidence really low self-esteem because mm. you're you know you're presenting yourself to someone that does not know you doesn't know your story so they're going to make just a snap judgment or at least that's what I think in my own head you know that they'll probably look at me like my God, this guy's 23 and he's absolutely no I was going on. Yeah. So that's a yeah. big, scary thing. Like. Yeah. 
with me, I could never, I could never approach someone on a night out or anything and just like first meeting, go over and chat someone up because my like self-confidence and self-esteem isn't that high. But in terms of, I've never really, don't get me wrong, that's some lethargy, but I've never really struggled. I saw, if I get to know someone and your personality shines through, whether you met someone at work or at university, it's never been a problem for me, really. Um, I could never, ever go up to someone on the night out on impulse because I'm too scared of rejection to turn around and, like, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't know how to, to cope with that. No. But, once my confidence was a bit higher, once the initial couple of years after I lost all my hair, once I've got over that, um, yeah, I think your confidence does grow and you just start to shine through. And I, but I, I just, like I said before, I just tried to focus on stuff that I could control in terms of like, you can mm. control what you wear, fashion, you can control your teeth, you can control your body in terms of your physique. And I just tried to focus on stuff like that. It's a very... I don't know, insecure kind of mentality, I guess. But it, um, I found that when, yeah, when my confidence was higher and, and I actually got the chance to know someone and, they, and then they knew my story and then your, your sense of humour comes through and stuff. Um, yeah, it didn't really affect me too much, to be honest with you. And to be honest, it's dead nice. I know I, I these people are probably just being nice, but a lot of, a lot of people say they prefer me now than when I looked yeah, when I was Mm. Which is like, it's, it's, I can't imagine it. No, I don't believe when people know like I don't believe it at all. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's quite nice of them to say, but yeah, I'm a bit skeptical as well. Yeah. I, um, I, so I was talking about this to my wife the other night as I was preparing for all this stuff and trying to think about how to, you know, what kind of questions we were going to talk about and stuff. And um, yeah, as a teenager, certainly. Um, I, again, I remember walking up to a, a, a girl and asking her out, and, and actually she, she she laughed out loud and, and ridiculed me in front of the whole kind of playground, and I was like, that's it, I'm never doing that again. And ever since then, my, I, I, like you, I've never, ever been able to kind of, I mean, it's a bit of an 80s, 90s thing anyway. I think people date different ways these days, but I, um, you know, I've never been able to walk up to anybody in a in a bar and and, and do that whole chat up thing, because I, I for, mm -hmm. I probably couldn't have done it anyway, even if I had it, because that's just been a, a gibbering mess. But I um, definitely couldn't do it um, based on how I felt. And now, yeah, it's, it's weird. I was laughing with my wife. I think there's, there's more women who state their attraction for me now than ever in my life. And what it comes back to is exactly what you just said, is, is confidence, um, sense of humour. And actually, I'm probably for the first time about five, six years ago, I'm 100% I'm comfortable in my own skin, um, but it's taken me 20 odd years to, to get to that point. Um, there are still things that I can't do that I would never do, but I think that's just who I am now and that's just the way it is and I can't really change those things anymore. But um, yeah, it's really weird. It's absolutely bizarre. And my wife was like, hang on a minute. So, so women tell you all the time that they like, and I was like, well, <laughs> start the conversation here. <laughs> don't, don't go there. But um no, it um, it is a it is a very very odd, very odd thing, um, to 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 think about doing and the whole swiping thing. I mean, I'm too old to think about that anyway. <laughs> it's the best invention in the world. Oh. <laughs> so I suppose it's a lot easier than it was when we were teenagers and and when we were 
young and, and yeah. out there dating because yeah. you know you had all that that that, that pressure with all your mates sitting at the table when you went across to talk to somebody and no yeah now they're just watching you over your shoulder <laughs> endlessly <laughs> swiping i'll tell you a positive though um my girlfriend that i've got now um she one of her main attractions to me when we first met was because she said i looked smooth and clean ah so there's definitely positive there <laughs> That's going on your alopecia UK badge for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Moving clean, you have to make one out. <laughs> no, my wife said the same thing actually. Um, there's a photograph of me when I when I had this long hair downstairs, and um, and whenever anybody comes round and says, "Is that you?" Yeah, my wife's like, "Yeah, if it comes back, then he's out. That's it." <laughs> so um, yeah, there are pluses, and that that's I guess is. Almost my final question, really. I think you know, from a you know, there's lots of, of of impacts and lots of different considerations about how we feel about it and what what we can do about it. But there are, I think, there are positives out of it as well. I think for me personally, as I've said before, it's it's made me who I am, and and that might be through negative experience in some cases. Um, but 100%, I've come out the other side of that a much stronger person and a much and, and a lot more comfortable with who I am. Um, I know that sounds easy after 20 some years, um, but I think anybody who's, who's watching, who, who's, who's at the beginning of that journey, hopefully, um, you know, you can see there are people who've gone through it, been through it, still going through it. And actually they're, they're all doing what everybody else in the world does. Um, for me personally, I'm not going to say this for everybody. It's, it's about, it's about me. Um, and that sounds like I'm being a bit egotistical, but that's not, not how I mean it. Yeah. Um, as soon as I became comfortable with me, everything else fell into place. Mm. Completely agree with that. Yeah. There's also like, I feel like I've gained more of like a, an emotional intelligence as well. Like I, I'm a nicer person because of what I've been through. So I treat other people in a nice, that nice way that I'd like to be treated, yeah. regardless of how a person looks or anything like that. I think you know, that I like I, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. But I think that's obviously because, you know, you are, or you know we are kind of different now so whereas before i never knew what it felt like you know to be the center of attention you know so that someone could you know make a remark about how you looked whereas now i do know what that's like so you know i wouldn't give anyone a second glance if you know absolutely you know what i mean yeah you have more empathy yeah. for other people because yeah you know you you know what you've been through and the the things you have to deal with to get to where you are now and I think so you, that comes across to other people and you become a nice, like you said, Matt, you, you become hopefully a nicer person for it as well. It's confidence building, it's character building. Yeah. And then everyone, people with alopecia and who don't have alopecia, they've got other challenges they have to deal with. And that just builds you up over your period, you know, over your length of time as you uh, grow, you know. Yeah. One thing I would never have thought 10 years ago that I would be standing up in front of 20, 30 people teaching yoga to people, uh, considering where I was, you know, in my hermit light status uh, 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how things turn around and things change. And even with design work as well, I pick and choose who I work with. And, um, and it's about the connection with that person rather than the kind of the job it is, you know. So you, you mature in so many different ways. Well, hopefully anyway. Well, some of us do, and I think some some people do. Some people <laughs> do but I think hopefully, um, hopefully, 
us talking about it from a, a personal experience point of view has been helpful. And um, I'd just say thanks to all of you for, for sharing it, really. I know some of it's quite personal stuff to share. And obviously, um, you know, this will hope for anybody watching that it's been useful. Um, and obviously, from a, from a support point of view, if, if, you know, if anything we've talked about really helps, obviously, get in touch with Alopecia UK, the website, or the social media. But they do a fantastic job of supporting us and everybody else. So just a big thanks to them and hope it's been useful. Thank you.